Hello and welcome to the Harry Pottercast. I'm your co-host Azur and today I watched bloopers from a Norwegian show because I don't have a life. <laughs> Joining us as always is the lovely co-host Sienna. Sienna, how are you doing today? I'm good. Good? I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a, di- it's a day. It's a day. It's a day. Yeah. Our special guests for this episode, both returning guests, are Jake and Katie. Jake, Katie, how are you guys? Wonderful. Wonderful. The best I've ever been. Same. I'm having um, like a, I have a particular twinkle in my eyes today. I hate, I hate everything that you guys are. Today, in this episode, we're going to be talking about the Goblet of Fire book. We have come a long way, and I feel like at this point now, we are at sort of the halfway mark of the Harry Potter series. And so, to start us off, let's talk about our favorite chapters, shall we? Ooh. Katie, why don't you start us off? What's so, your favorite chapter? My favorite chapter, not just in this book, but in any Harry Potter book, is wow. chapter 21, The House Elf Liberation Front. And that's the one <laughs> where Hermione takes Harry and Ron down to the kitchens, and they have to go through that painting and, like, tickle the pear and stuff, um, and they see Winky, like, super blacked out, drunk, like, asleep in the kitchens. Um, and they get to, like, go and observe the house elves in their natural habitat. Um, <laughs> their natural habitat. <laughs> so, wait, why? Okay, so why this chapter of all chapters in Harry Potter? <laughs> I just remember, I really like the imagery in it. Like, I just enjoy reading. <laughs> the imagery of drunk house elves. For <laughs> uh, context, Jake is holding up a picture uh, of Winky the house elf. Winky the house elf. the illustration in the book. The only good character in Harry Potter. Um, Jesus Christ. I also remember, it's not in the movies. And I always it's remember not. really wanting to see it in the movies, because A, I want to see what the kitchen looks like. True. But B, because I just feel like it was also like kind of like a little secret I had. Like all of my friends were scrubs who had only watched the movies and never read the books because their parents thought they were like witchcraft. Yeah. Um, and I could always like in my head be like, hmm, but you don't know about the house self liberation. <laughs> also, crucial. I was a freedom writer as a young child and still am. Mm-hmm. So like I really like fucked with the idea of like activism and equality for all communities yeah. of wizard kind. Yeah, I think there is something to be said though about being able to see more of Hogwarts. Like, being able to go into the kitchens and, like, just see how the food magically appears. Because I, I feel like, as readers, like, we, like Harry, just assume that the food just conjured itself up. And so, like, being able to see, like, actually... That's slave labor. That, that slave labor is... That's sad. Wait. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. That's actually really sad. Good chapter, Katie. <laughs> um... Oof. Jake? So, my first chapter uh, that I thought I w- was my favorite was chapter 8, but I've realized that that's a dumb chapter. And what? Anyone who chose it is a fool. What? Wait! Because my new favorite chapter is the same chapter as Katie's, uh, but this is for ridiculous. me, it's because I, it was a lot like a Heart of Darkness, uh, where oh like God. we went into enemy territory, you know, oh, I saw the house my elves. God. The house elves are the true villains of the Harry Potter universe, and we all know that's the truth. And I don't know why we keep on denying it. If you are if you are listening to this and you have not uh, listened to the Chamber of Secrets, um, it was the movie one, right? The movie podcast that Jake was previously on. He is a hater of all things house elves, absolutely, and it's a ridiculous take. 
and I think that it's not fair because they are literally slaves, Jake. They've got magic, they don't need a wand, and they just teleport everywhere. Can't stop them. Wait, so then why is this your favorite chapter? Uh, because I finally understood my enemy. Jesus Christ. I knew. You know, I was playing de devil's advocate thinking about this earlier and being like, well, the house elves are like, like they're not the same as wizards. Like it's kind of, like I was comparing them to like domesticated dogs, you know? Nope. But it's different. It's different. Nope. It's, it's different. Straight it's straight up slavery. It's straight up slavery. You know, straight up slavery. Then why do you hate them? They're the victims. What? It's speech and people. I, so I... I'm just gonna ignore that, and my favorite chapter is the chapter that was Jake's original chapter, and I am not a fool. It is chapter eight, <laughs> the chapter where they uh, go to the Wizarding World, World Cup. Cup. That chapter, oh my god, that is such a brilliant chapter. It is one of my favorite chapters in the entire series, not just Goblet of Fire. It I is think really cool. It's such yeah. a good chapter. I think that just being able to see like the larger Wizarding World and like wizards from all different countries which is just such a nice like it's such a nice preview to like how the rest of the book is going to go where we have like the wizards from the other two schools now there and i just think that it we'll talk about this in the next episode but it's a crime that the movie did not show the world cup it is so fun to read and i just love i thought they showed the world did. cup no, they cut they off. They did not. They cut off. Oh, the they didn't show the whole game. No, they just yeah, started they the like beginning, start. but they did not show the okay. game, and it is a crime because that game is. Does fantastic. that chapter end with the Death Eaters showing I, up? I, I, oh, does it? I, I forget like where the divide there is, but yeah, it's. I think it ends I love that whole scene. with if it ends with the Death Eaters showing up, then that's wild. I think that it ends with if I'm correct. We're pulling out the book, we're pulling and out gentlemen. the book that I happen to have because why not? I think it ends oh, those with those wrestling pages. Yeah, it so ends with. Mark. I think it ends with the 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 um the Death Eater showing up, or at least something like that, because the next chapter is called the Dark Mark. Yeah. So that's the that's the Death Eater introduction chapter. So, so yeah, cool. mm. overall, just just a fantastic chapter. So fun, a sneak peek into the larger Wizarding world, and it's it's brilliant. Sienna. So I have, really, it's a favorite scene that like sort of extends over two chapters. Um, so chapter four and chapter five which are Back to the Burrow and Weasley's Wizard Wheezes. Mm. Oh, I love um, that. Basically, the scene is the scene in which Dudley unwittingly ingests a ton-tongue toffee oh, and then yes! presumes to choke on his tongue that because it grows and grows and grows. I'm sorry, what? Um, Don't you remember when the Weasleys went to go pick up Harry to take oh. them to the World Cup? And, and Fred and, and George, George, like, think they're slick, and they're like, oh, I'll just drop all this candy on the floor. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. The thing is... is it's a really funny chapter. Oh, it's horrifying. It's yeah. like Mr. it's a Weasley bad thing. Is totally, totally right to like rip them. Yeah. New ones. Yes. Yeah. That's that. kind of so. That's kind of what I like about it because I feel like one, it's really funny and like you're laughing and haha. But then what happens in the chapter after is like Mr. Weasley throws a fit because they misused magic and that's like a real thing that I feel like people don't think about is like the potential that magic has to inflict danger especially on muggles who like don't know yeah. what they're yeah. getting into um but i like the introduction of that conflict in a way where like the reader also comes back to earth as well because the reader's like laughing along whatever and then there's that moment when you're like oh crap like that was actually kind of a, a bad thing that they did you know as much as we love fred and george um but i also liked that those two chapters because it introduced the idea that wow they are building a business and like this yeah. is going to be a thing in the future and like that's just really cool, um, and just pushing the boundaries of magical invention 
for good, for better or for worse, you yeah. know. Capitalism. Yes. Capitalism is still evil. It's still evil. I just, Even in... I also just like seeing how, throughout this book, world. how, like, smart Fred and George are. Mm, and yeah. how, like, they would, like, dominate grades-wise if they applied themselves. Oh, yeah. A little bit. They Which, got away you with know, some shit, too. I relate. Yeah. I relate. <laughs> I don't relate, but like at I, all. I wish Me I could. Um, okay, so let's move on to our MVP and LVPs of this entire book. Um, I guess I'll start since I'm already talking. But my MVP of the book, I had a really hard time with this one because um, I didn't want to say Harry again because I do that a lot. And so instead, I said uh, Cedric Diggory. Um, I'm going to say Cedric Diggory because he only existed as a plot device to further Harry's teenage angst. Yeah. So he was cool. cool. Look, Cedric. Okay. Maybe I have a little bit of Robert Pattinson in my head, but Cedric was really cool. And I feel like, I feel like another thing about Cedric that is like often overlooked is that he was actually genuinely like a nice guy. Like he wasn't trying to like bully Harry like the rest of them were. He was complicit. His friends were bullying Harry. He was extremely complicit. Okay, he laughed. So it was kind of funny. (laughs) (laughs) He was still a nice guy. And I feel like he didn't, he did not deserve to die. Also, that's insane. Harry Potter deserved to be bullied a little bit more. So we can start with that. We should bully more children. (laughs) Okay, one, what? What? Harry... You know, he had a hard life ahead of him, and his, his skin needed to be thickened. We gotta thicken bit. that boy up. That's what yeah. I've been saying. He hasn't for been through enough life experiences. Like, he hasn't has literally thick. been abused for 11 years. We need to thicken his skin more. Thick. Thick. No. Thick. No. Harry. Thick no. Harry. No. <laughs> Anyways, Cedric is my MVP. Who's next? <laughs> Me. Katie. My MVP of this, this book is very clearly Dobby. I know this is a hot take for Jake, but. Dobby, like, like, Dobby saves Harry's behind. He does. For um, the second, like, task. He does. Dobby also takes Can in Winky and never gives up on her. He does Even when she just wants to cry and drink. And you know what? Sometimes that's what you have to do when you're there for your friends, when they're dealing with, like, addiction or mental health concerns. Like, you can't make the choice for them to stop drinking cooking cherry. But you can like ask them to stop, and you can be there with them as they deal with the symptoms. Just really appreciated Dobby's work as a good friend, and also he did more for Harry during that tournament than like anyone else. Valid point. I honestly, Katie, like I fully agree with you. If I didn't want to say the same exact thing as you, I would have said Dobby. No. So, <laughs> so I fully one hundred percent agree with with Katie. Feel like there are some people yeah. who don't. No, no, no. My my MVP. Was oh, also Winky, but you didn't do your LVP, so. Well, we haven't done LVP. Oh, today, we're all just doing so. MVPs. Yeah. Cool. My MVP is Winky. She tanks cooking cherry, yeah, uh, just all day long, which absolutely is um, <laughs> incredible. Just you know, genuinely incredible. Jake, in general, I don't understand you because she is like a walking, talking Guinness World Record. Because all of this house of slander, yet your favorite chapter and your favorite character. Our related to house elves, what? Jake is okay. a masochist. There is that, yes. Um, also, Winky is a self-hating house elf. Oh my god! <laughs> I just thought of that. I'm really sorry. She hates herself because she's a house elf. She hates herself because she got. Because she's no longer a she's slave. She's not good enough at being a house house elf. 
Are we? But yeah, can we actually talk about how screwed up that is? Yes. How, like Winky is like, oh man, I'm no longer a slave. That's such a big problem, and we be I, complicit in our own oppression. Yes. God damn, Winky. God damn, Winky. God damn, Winky. Keep just swigging that cooking sherry. You know, no, don't stop. Want I want to know what J.K. Rowling is gonna say about Winky. Now that it's like post awarded, <laughs> books are out, oh, hatred, no. beloved by children everywhere. I don't want to, I want to know. And Dobby had an intense sexual relationship. <laughs> it was passionate. Oh my god. <laughs> she Let me clarify. A, who is your MVP? It's Harry Potter. It's Harry Potter. That's nice. As it should oh, be. Man. I really had a lot of a lot of inner turmoil over this choice. Because in general, I am not a Harry Potter stan. This is ridiculous. No one really stand. just like Everyone rarely ever like Harry as a Thank character. You. But in this book, I do admire Harry. He does a lot of stupid things in service of people who he loves. Um, he's just like this teenage boy, like making his way downtown, trying to learn how to dance at the Yule Ball, and like he's just like he does all these things and he conquers all these obstacles and he's like so much younger than everyone else and. You know, whatever you think about him being allowed to compete, like, he holds his own with help from others, which shows that, like, you don't need to do everything by yourself. Like, you can accept help, you know? Um, And I think, like, it takes a lot to sort of go through what he did at the end and, like... All of that. He doesn't handle that stuff. particularly well. He doesn't well. handle it really well, but like, would, Why would I? He? Like, would I handle it well? <laughs> Why no, would he handle probably that well? Not. Who would handle that well? If you I handle that well, I'm worried. Do it. I respect that he's like <laughs> handling it at that all. Trauma. And like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just think that if you are ever going to like Harry, then this is the book in which you should like him. All of the books you should like Harry. No, That's number only one. this one. Only this All one. of the books yeah. you should like Harry. Thank you, Jake. Harry it's the one thing we'll ever is on. not the most interesting person in his own series. Harry and Creature are the two best characters. Okay, <laughs> wait. I, I was like so with was winky. you. I was so with you. I know. You. That's <laughs> why I <I'm doing laughs> bombed Honestly, my Creature own is not a terrible character. Creature is not a terrible character. He's complex, he's interesting, and also J.K. Rowling has definite post-mortem takes on his sex life as well. So what my, was he doing while well, Winky so and Dobby were going at it? He was so mom. Oh, I, oh, man. I, so my... <laughs> there is a reference where Sirius is like, I wouldn't be surprised if I caught him making out with my mom's that's poster. That's actually so true. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God, I remember that. No, yeah. that's no. kind of hot. No, no I... <laughs> Sorry, what are we talking, what are we talking about? I, so, that's I, technical, I 100%... That is a technical foul on Jake Sanford. <laughs> I 100% agree with Sienna about Harry being a great character um, in this book. And I, I would disagree with him not being a great character in every other book. But I'll, I'll let this slide. We'll talk about that more. My LVP, because we're going to go straight to LVPs. And I feel like you mentioned whatever you feel about Harry having to compete. My LVP, I'm going to take a, a bite out of Tversky's book from mm. last episode, and it is going to be every single professor mm. at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry who let this 14-year-old boy compete in the Triwizard Tournament. That includes uh, Barty Crouch Sr. and everyone in the Ministry of Magic as well. He is 14. He is a kid, and we let him compete knowing that this is possibly and quite probably a trap. Yeah. I, that, that, I, I will, that is ridiculous. Like, that is the height. McGonagall was spitting facts when she was in that office saying, he's a boy. We're really going to let this boy compete. And Dumbledore was just like, let's just let the cookies crumble. See where it falls. Dumbledore, Dumbledore let the cookies crumble me? for way too long. For way too long. I... 
the all of them are complicit. Every single one in Cedric dying, and that is my take. I hate them all. Well, thank God book. for that. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe they were helpful in that case. <laughs> I think, I'm just playing the devil's I, advocate. I'm just being a dick on this podcast. I'm no, sorry. that's the only Cedric, reason why I'm here. Stop. <laughs> Jake and I are your last two brain cells. <laughs> And we're here to make sure this is chaotic. <laughs> I hate everything that you guys are doing. Sienna, who's Ooh. your LVP? Uh, my LVP is Cornelius Fudge. Ooh, he is job. a... This is arguably not the book in which he is the most frustrating, but he is quite frustrating in this book. And it, it really... This is like the one where like it, like it you start to really see yeah. that he's going like to be a problem. It's the first sort of introduction. Because in the previous book, he's kind of like, oh, it's all fine. Like, you blow up your aunt. Like, no big deal. We fixed it. You know, and you're like, okay, that's a little weird, but like you know, nothing malignant, but here it's just this active denial and, like, refusal to believe that this huge threat has returned, Mm -hmm. all because he doesn't want to deal with it and he doesn't want it as, like, a mark on his term or it's, like, terrifying and so he doesn't want to confront it, but in doing that, he risks a lot, a lot of lies and causes a lot of damage, as we know later in the book. But here, this, yeah, like, him just denying and, like, actively using the media to manipulate perceptions of Mm -hmm. Harry and Dumbledore, that just completely completely oh that that frustrates me it doesn't get bad until like it gets even worse in the next book yeah it gets much worse in the next book but i just like this is my first intro into just hating him yeah i will say that the that those last few chapters where like they're like discussing what happened and fudge is just like freaking out and refusing to see reason are so well written Mm. because like like they're they're such good like i don't know if the word's foreshadowing but like just a sneak peek at how like incredibly frustrating aggravating the entire ministry and fudge and it's so insidious and it's mm-hmm. so like it really resonates now especially when the media i mean the media has always been used to manipulate public opinion but like now when literal facts are being called yeah. into question like in the way that they were in this book like oof. it reminds me of cornelius fudge reminds me of george w bush in mm. that kind of like at first you think he's like a harmless idiot and then you realize he's like, harmful he's a harmful idiot. And then him using the Dementor's kiss on Barty Crouch Jr. before oh, yeah. they were able to get the confession just felt... Gotta kill that son. Ooh, that, like, that argument... The Dementor's kiss, even if they had gotten the information first, like, should never be used. Should never be used. It is the equivalent the of the death penalty. Agreed. It should never be used. It's worse than the death penalty. Is it what? not? Like, I would it, say it's an equivalent. I, guess the, I feel like it's the wizarding world, like death penalty isn't it i believe that god still exists in the wizarding world mm-hmm. and god does not allow Dumbledore human killed beings god. to decide what oh, whoa god does not allow human beings to decide if other human beings get to have souls yeah hot take um i think yeah i think crouch doing that was incredibly insidious incredibly like malicious in that like he knows that the confession that party crouch jr will say will like bring like bring up the fact that Voldemort is back and he doesn't want to deal with that and it's mm. just yeah. it's the yeah. worst thing so yeah I completely agree Sienna 100% he yeah. just chooses to not know he just chooses to not know yeah, yeah. Uh, Katie so my LVP I actually okay I have two but I'm just gonna talk about one Amos Diggory just cause he's annoying is one of them mm-hmm. but Boo-hoo. Rita Skeeter <laughs> your son died oh my stop well, get, over, <laughs> get over it nerd <laughs> <laughs> he actually is kind of a nerd. He also talks up his son so much, but that's not the point. Rita Skeeter is my LVP. Not just because she's kind of obnoxious as hell in the book, but because Rita Skeeter personifies 
like my issues that I have with how authors and artists and like filmmakers often choose to portray female journalists. Mm-hmm. Like she's, you notice the whole time she's like very gossipy and they're always talking about like her clicking her long red nails together and like she's very like shrewish and like nosy and in his life and like she's like one of, like I'm pretty sure she's the only reporter you're ever introduced to in the Harry Potter series. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and of course she's a woman and of course she's like just this like snaky, scummy, like, very, like, tabloid-esque, like, lowest common denominator reporting. Um, And, like, I know Harry Potter is a kid's book. Like, is it that deep? But it's also just, like, frustrating to consistently see, like, female journalists who are just, like, objectively bad at their jobs. Yeah. Yeah, Especially when that's literally the only one mentioned in the entire book. Yeah, no. Rita Skeeter is the worst for just, like, as a character, but also, like, the larger like representation of female yeah. journalists. Yeah. It's such, I don't know. It's such like an incredible overstepping of what the stereotype is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you had to somehow go further than that, and yeah. everything yep. is just dialed up to eleven. She it's is. like a caricature. It, yeah. Yeah. It's absurd. fully a caricature. Like literally a beetle. Like, um, <laughs> literally, like literally, they directly compare her to an insect. No, yeah. she turns Peter, into an insect. Yeah. She's, yeah. They draw. Yeah. They draw like that very direct like connection. Rita Skeeter can choke for being a bad journalist and being really mean to Harry and Hermione and all of the Triwizard champions, but also J.K. Rowling should do some deep introspection on like how she chooses to portray working women, and that's the tea, sis. She should do some deep introspection on a lot of things lately. <laughs> yeah, she's been doing some real deep introspection. She's so rich. Do we need to pool funds to get her into, like, therapy? Because therapy is actually, like, very hugely beneficial. And, like, I'm, no, I'm serious. Like, she does some weird stuff. She does. Like, she, she disappoints on numerous I think I, she's never disappointed me. <laughs> who's your Especially this week. Um, my LVP is the specter of alcoholism that torments <laughs> Winky throughout the book. It really is a character unto itself. Oh, and I feel God. like we don't talk about it enough. <laughs> Winky is the only good house elf, um, and... It's just wrong. (laughs) It's just the truth. Maybe creature, but... Yeah, she's never able to escape the alcoholism that plagues her (laughs) since she escaped slavery. (laughs) Which is kind of messed up. And we don't really talk about it. She drinks so much because she misses being a slave. And that's just a character in the book. We don't talk about it. Nobody talks about it. LVP is alcoholism. There's so many places that J.K. Rowling could have gone with that. We could have really explored a lot. Although these are children's books. But, like, children can explore, and I think they should. Let's get more into, like, what happens in the book. And I want to talk specifically first about Hogwarts itself. Because Hogwarts is not just Hogwarts this year. They are hosting students from, is it pronounced Bobans? I've heard Bobans, and I've heard Bobaton. Bobaton. I don't know. And, and Durmstrang. And I want to talk about, like... It's just a funny name. It's, it's just outright a funny name. I want to talk about, like, the fact that we are now introduced to other wizarding schools and how, like, that interplays with Hogwarts itself. And, like, because I think the interesting thing about, like, how these schools are, like... I feel like the two schools have, like, their own kind of, like, identity... Mm-hmm. necessarily in that like you kind of like see 
like all of those characters kind of blend into like one. Well, like, yeah, and that's exemplified by like their entrance into the book. Yeah, which is like wasn't it like much more like extra in the movie so yes. in the movie what bothered me is that they made both of the schools single gender yeah um whereas annoying. in the book i'm pretty sure at least bobaton is mm-hmm. yeah. is co-ed yeah. like i think Dermstrang is, is all men but in the movie there's this like floaty like flowery dancing and the girls in the blue dresses and they're walking and in and, and the like, is like stopping <laughs> and like just the caricatures of like hyper femininity and hyper masculinity that i feel like are still present in the book even though Bobaton is co-ed mm-hmm. um I feel like they're still portrayed as like like oddly delicate which like doesn't really make any sense like yeah. I don't know I got the sense that Durmstrang was supposed to be from like Russia or like Germany or, or some, somewhere, somewhere cold. like cold and yeah. dark and like northern Europe I Isn't guess it like Bulgaria or something like that? yeah it's like yeah, eastern maybe. Europe something. okay yeah, yeah. 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 and I then know. I Bobaton like by the name is France like it's just I don't know I think some things I feel like this is a perfect time to talk about uh the man the myth the legend Victor Crumb Mm. (laughs) Mm, what a Uh, man what a man (laughs) I think so I feel like I I think I definitely enjoy like reading Crumb more than I enjoyed watching him in the film Mm. and I think whatever I, I mainly, let's be honest here, I mainly want to talk about Crumb and Hermione because <laughs> I feel like it was interesting because in the movie, Hermione is already very, like, beautiful because Emma Watson is just yeah. gorgeous. But in the book, it's a big thing that, like, Hermione's not ugly necessarily. Like, it's not that. But, like, she's not, like, dropped that gorgeous, you know? Like, yeah. she still like, has, she's got like, the big teeth. The she big got the teeth. She hair, still like... has, like, the really frizzy hair. Yeah. All of this stuff. And, like, Crumb, like, Follows her around in the library. Like, I feel like Chrome very much, like... He doesn't follow her. He just, like, also goes to the library and studies. And uh it's like... But also knowing the boundary... Like, there are boundaries, but also, like, a normal crush thing to do is to, like, be at a place that, like, you've seen your crush. He never tries to interact with her. He He just, like, is there and is like, oh, I want to be around you. Like, I'm about to do that right after we finish recording this podcast. Like, it's fine. Great to know, Katie. I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, but I feel like, I feel like Crumb's, like, crush on Hermione is very interesting because, like, I think a lot of it is based off, like, he just finds Hermione very, like, interesting, very intelligent. Like, he wants to, like, get to know her. And then you contrast that with Ron in this book. Mm. Like, let, let's talk about this. You contrast that with Ron in this book, who forgets that Hermione's a girl mm. until another guy is interested in her. And then that's when Ron... Ron is... The, I, okay. Ron frustrates me so much in this book. We're going to zoom to the U-ball for a second. I think Ron exemplifies a lot of things that annoy me about men men well teenage boys teenage boys let ooh get permission to permission permission (laughs) Permission granted listen men will just really 
Like, they don't necessarily, like, actively want, like, want you or, like, care enough to, like, go after you. But the second someone else does, they're like, no, like, you can't do anything about it. And just, like, his assumption. You're fraternizing with the enemy. You're fraternizing with the enemy. That lie. Yes, can I have your autograph? The day before the ball or, like, really close to the ball isn't going to have a date yet. Yes. And that she's just, like, waiting there to ask him, like, oh, yeah, my one female friend is here to just go to the ball with me. Like, fuck off, Ron. Yeah. Literally, like... Just because you don't realize that Hermione is a female human woman mm-hmm. doesn't mean nobody else has. And stop acting as if, like, you're entitled to her time or her, like, femininity because you needed a date to the ball and you're a loser. And honestly, Ron, with the way your hair looked in this movie, yeah. no one would get with you. Those the way ropes. you acted in this book, you were such a dick to Harry for, like, the first half of it. Like, yeah. why yeah. would anyone yeah. want to go with you anyway? The worst. Yeah. Ron. And then you were a dick to your date at the ball because you were so salty. That yes. The girl you really wanted that. to be like, with someone else. Was, He's a uh, terrible person. Harry straight up and Ron are terrible to their dates. also incredibly awful to his date. The men in Harry Potter That's don't respect true. women, and you heard it here first. I just feel like with, like, everything that Katie said is 100% accurate. And I think one line that I love is Hermione when she goes, well, if you don't like it, you know what the solution is then, is don't you? And he's like, oh yeah, what's that? She's like, next time there's a ball, ask me before someone else does and not as a last resort. I love that she added the not as a last resort part. Don't, don't. Because Jesus. know your worth. Like, know your worth. Like, if you wanted to go to the ball with me, stop being like a freaking, like, fucking... Cut your hair, Cut idiot. Your hair. <laughs> Cut your hair. And then Ron just like, is like, well, that proves that like you completely missed the point, blah, blah, blah. And I love the end of this chapter. This is the U-Ball chapter, by the way, chapter 23. It says, Harry didn't say anything. He liked being back on speaking terms with Ron too much to speak his mind right now. But he somehow thought that Hermione had gotten the point much better than Ron had. Because Ron never really says, like, Call it will you go with friends. me? He's just like, doesn't oh, believe. He literally like, says, like, dance. you're a girl. You're a girl. Like, yeah, oh, and then when she says she has a date, he just, like, doesn't believe her. He just literally doesn't believe it. Because and then when she when he finds out who it is, he's just like, "Wow, I'm mad that you're going with, with." Which is just not accurate. Crumb yeah. instead of instead of like I wanted to go with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so Harry. it is really perceptive that she like, she's like, "Well, why didn't you?" Ask? You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. the first time that it's directly yeah. addressed that that's why he's mad. Yeah, Harry also should have called out his homie. Like he knew that Ron was wrong. He knew that yeah. Ron was wrong. Yeah. Call out your homies to But I I will say that I do um, appreciate that. J.K. Rowling is not afraid to, like, write her, like, like, her main characters as, like, being really annoying assholes sometimes. We're like, all really annoying assholes. Like, right, exactly. Yeah. I feel like it's very easy to, like, want, like, your main characters to be incredibly likable so that you, you don't want to give them, like, many, like, many flaws. But, like, no, she gives, like, almost all of these characters are, like, a heap amount of flaws. Yeah, no, like, as Ron. a kid, hating Ron for the first half, and the majority of that book, actually, mm-hmm. pretty much all the way through, was yep. kind of eye-opening. Because yeah. it was like, oh, this is the hero of the story, or yeah. one of the three. One of the three. But he's my least favorite character in this book. Yeah. How do I deal with that? What do I do with that? And mm-hmm. then it got me started to think about, like, what is the character? What yeah. is he actually doing? What are his motivations? Should I just root for him because he's the main guy? Yeah. Probably but also, not. like, why is he mad? He's overshadowed constantly. Mm-hmm. Like, he feels left out that he thinks that Harry, like, whether this is based in anything, he thinks that Harry, like, left him behind and took the spotlight again. So, like, yeah, he's being immature, but also he's 14 and, like, yeah, and I don't Harry know, there's valid motivations. And Harry, 
Oh, well, that's true. But, <laughs> yeah, Harry's just kind of, like, kind of helpless here to do anything really about it. Because he tries to say, like, I didn't do this. But, no, you know, I don't think anything but time is going to get through to Ron. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like th- this is just, like, segueing to a different point. But, like, nobody, like, this school is just full of a bunch of, bunch of like, fucking follow the leader fake ass bitches mm-hmm. because Hogwarts or Georgetown because God damn this is wait I'm serious oh both okay. but I was talking about Hogwarts in that oh. sense because like one minute these motherfuckers love Harry and they stand him the next minute they're like oh you put your name in the goblet of fire you fucking attention seeking ass bitch they're and it's so like stupid they really be falling for anything anything like I I, I can't grasp what kill I mean, the phonies I get, kill the phonies I mean I guess like I, I can see like Rumors spread very easily, and kids in the equivalent of, like, fucking boarding school, high school, whatever, are, like, idiots, and they're dumb. Boarding like, school kids get... are also awful. Yeah. If you're listening I... to this and you're a boarding school kid. You're a boarding school kid? Oh. If you're on this podcast and you're a self-hating boarding school kid, then give yourself a pat on the back. Oh, God. Are you a boarding school kid? You can get better. No wonder. <laughs> you are pretty hopeless, <laughs> no but wonder there's a small chance. Slander. I don't want to talk about it. Moving on. <laughs> it's a common like theme throughout the series and that Harry is like loved and then hated and then loved and hated like all the time. The rumor mill of high school. The rumor mill of high school just continues nonstop and I think it's incredibly frustrating to like read, but I also get it. Like I feel like it's kind of realistic in that sense. Like teenagers are teenagers angsty. are angsty and like there were people in my high school who were like loved one minute, hated the next, rumors went mm. around all the time about them like and harry's famous as well and with fame comes hate and love and standing harry's like cycle of like being hated and loved and hated and loved is very what i'm sorry i just uh looked at victor crumb's dumb looking face god what? on the book cover look at yes him. we have oh, the book no. here Oof. and and there is nothing going on behind those eyes <laughs> wow the the new the new covers from the fifteenth for better, but that that's besides that's besides the point. Um, and so, let's talk about the challenges in and of themselves of the Triwizard yeah. Tournament because there are three. There are three, and they are each like on their own. What is happening? We're <laughs> having our own. This is a subplot. Uh, this is the B plot of this podcast. Don't worry about it. We'll bring it back up later. There's gonna be some payoff. I'm trying to find out where Jake went to boarding school. Jesus oh Christ! Oh my God! <laughs> they they are all like incredibly dangerous oh yeah <laughs> for even but i'm thinking like dangerous even for like the 17 year olds like what are three years really gonna do what are three years the face of a dragon fine fight the merman but like, don't worry about it Shh. no 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 <laughs> dive in but Figure i it feel out. like the like just general i talked about before when i said my least favorite character LV, like my lvp being every professor but i think like the general they stopped doing this tournament because, like, motherfuckers died, right? Like, yeah. isn't that why they stopped doing this tournament? Why bring it up again? Like, there's so many different ways to, like, 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 encourage, uh, like, m- inter-school magical cooperation or whatever fuck, other than, like, putting your, like, listen, students listen, in mortal danger. Listen, yeah. No? The first form of entertainment we had as people, you know, early, early human. Gladiators. Gladiators. <laughs> We need to spill Yikes. some kid oh, blood to really whoa, get them involved. Whoa, 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 that's a take. <laughs> I think, but like, even still, like, I, this the, is a... Don't kill your kids. Guess who the gladiators, the gladiators were? 
Kids? They were slaves, and therefore the house elves oh, should have been. House elves should have been in the Triwizard Tournament. Everything because is their lives wrong. don't matter. Everything All the things wrong. are wrong. Everything is wrong, and I think just going back to my. You went to the Middlesex school. Thank you. For <laughs> outing that oh, on no. the Harry podcast. <laughs> really I needed think, that. Is this toxic? I'm sorry. That wasn't my goal. I just wanted to find out where. I think that. <laughs> Going off, so besides sorry. that point, like, just going back to Dumbledore for a second, I feel like, I, I want to talk more about Dumbledore for a second in this book, because he genuinely frustrates me. He needs in to intervene. Book. There are places where he needs to intervene. He yes. should never have let it get to that point. Yes, exactly. And I he had like, to know something was up. Greatest wizard of all time, where? But I think, no, but that's the thing, though. I think Dumbledore knew exactly what was up, and not exactly what was up, but knew that something was up, and that's why he got to continue, because he wanted to see it play out and see where it was going to go. <laughs> but you don't he was do that bored. with a 14-year-old. You know, e- exactly my point. Like, I don't think it was, like, a, a situation where Dumbledore just, like, didn't know that something was, like, And as usual, up. Dumbledore's favorite child, Harry Potter, comes out okay, and another kid dies. Thank God. <laughs> Stop it. No, but, like, like, I seriously feel like Dumbledore's, like, use of Harry as, like, a pawn to, like, figure out what's going on with Voldemort. That was cool. It, <laughs> Whoa. Is, is, like, so twisted. Because Harry is, is a 14-year-old kid, and he doesn't really know what's going on. He's been, like, thrusted into this competition where he could reasonably die, and the only reason he doesn't die is because Mad-Eye Moody, Barty Crouch Jr., is, like, actively, like helping him so that he can get him to the point where he does die in that graveyard. And I think that Dumbledore not intervening or... Dumbledore was all about getting kids to die at the proper time. Yeah. That's his whole thing. So he was really into what Barty Crouch was doing. He was like, I'm going to take some notes here. This is good stuff. Tell me I'm wrong. No, you're not. We can't. That's why we're all groaning. What do you think, Sienna? I don't know if I'd go to that extreme length. Probably shouldn't. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think Dumbledore is, like, throughout the book is very weirdly passive, and it's kind of, like, I don't want to, like, kind of selfish, too. Like, he doesn't want to get too close to Harry for his own reasons, and because he knows that he eventually has to die, and therefore he leaves him without that guidance from someone who he idealizes and looks up to and, like, doesn't really explain at all why he's... And I mean, it's hard to explain that, like, I don't want to be around you because... Though, right? Yeah, it's definitely book five. Yeah. Um, but I just think, like... Kind of like Katie said, Dumbledore has all this great... Is, is so widely praised for doing all these things, but I feel like all the things that he does are kind of before the books start. Mm-hmm. And so we just get this conception of him as, like, this famous, famous wizard and super powerful and all that but then at every turn he just makes really the wrong choice and like really the dangerous choice and I mean maybe that's a larger question of who we idolize and why we idolize them and like everyone's imperfect but and, like, I don't think that was J.K. Rowling's intention no I don't think yeah. it is I'm just an English major <laughs> um but yeah Dumbledore does not do a lot of things that he should do. Yeah. That's my takeaway. Yeah. It's also less entertaining to read when someone's just biding their time. Yeah. 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 Because that's really what he's doing. Like, he's just he's waiting just for waiting the proper time. For the proper, the 
proper moment. Which, which yeah. he knows, but right no one else All knows. about killing kids. <laughs> and I think, I want to, before we end the podcast, I want to talk about the graveyard scene. Because this book is, like, the the turning point of the series. Like, you can argue that it was leading up to this point with, like, Prison Rascal Band. Like, they each get a little darker. But, like, this book is, like, legitimately, like, the perfect timing like the fourth book like it is the midway point it, the whole rest of the series is contingent on what happens in that graveyard and i think and this is why this is for order of the phoenix but this is why i will forever defend harry in order of the phoenix because that scene in the graveyard like even reading it not just and and watching it in the movie was genuinely scary for me as a kid but like even reading it like gives terrifying. me goosebumps and it's yeah. legitimately yeah. terrifying like yeah yeah just i like that scene a lot and i still love it but it continues the tradition of completely ass pull deus ex machina endings for jk rowling mm. which culminates in deathly hollows where the whole book centers around these three things that you got to find because they're the one thing that can do the thing you need to do. Mm-hmm. But it's just another thing of, uh, what the what is it called? The, the um, wand battle thing. Oh, what's it called? It's Twin a book cores. chapter. Yeah. Twin cores. Priori and Contatum. Priori and Contatum. Which, like, there are so many interesting ways to get Harry out of that situation. Mm-hmm. You are in a magical world. You have so many things that you've already established over the course of four books. If there's ever a time to stomp throwing something new in because you've ran out of ideas it is right now mm. when you're taking this turn to be a darker more serious franchise yeah and then the end is like oh but there's ghosts cedric's back it's but i thought over. it was kind of wild that he like sees his parent like yeah yeah i don't know i thought that that was really interesting and i thought that that was almost not like darker but more emotionally powerful than some like other dark or like some other impressive magic would have been like I think that him encountering people who he loves who has died who he's never really actually met is Mm -hmm. like such a creative use of magic and such an unintended consequence that like like Voldemort doesn't expect to see the elderly dude and like I don't know to be confronted with people who he's killed like it, it unnerves him, which yeah. is striking, right? Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. I think my only problem is that it's a moment of payoff in a literary sense that doesn't feel earned. Okay. Like, we get that, and it's this really cool moment. I 100% agree that seeing those ghosts is a cool experience, and seeing it in the movie was also awesome. Uh, but in the book, just seeing all that happen was a great scene, but Priori and Cantatum comes out of absolute nowhere. Yeah. It's a payoff for events that never actually happened. You get this cool flashy scene at the end without setting up. You could have had, I don't know, this happen in an earlier book or establish this in your world because when it happens out of the blue and I look back on it now when I read it, I'm like, really? That's Re- a bad yeah. I think, I think it, it definitely was out of nowhere, but I think that for the rest of the series, it has value because it introduces the twin core idea and the idea that like Voldemort and Harry. He does. They do mention do. that in like the first book, though, and everything. So yeah, maybe like that, that is they the. Do have, like, maybe I'm the just wand. An I who knows how much J.K. Rowling was thinking of when she began the book. Like I don't know, but I think that 
the idea of like the twin cores and like something that necessarily has been established. It isn't yeah. established that like this is what's gonna happen with it. But like she did introduce the fact that Voldemort and Harry had yeah. I didn't the even same think about that. like wand twin yeah. core feather in the first one. So like maybe I guess it is kind of out of nowhere because it doesn't come back up for a while. But maybe she thought, hmm, I should probably do something with that, right? Like they I have wish the she same. continued it more after mm-hmm. the fourth book. Yeah. But isn't there the whole thing with, That's like, why he needs the Elder Wand. Yeah, like, isn't there a whole thing with that's why Voldemort needs the Elder Wand? Because, like, even... Or that's why he needs someone else's wand, and then when that, that also work. doesn't work, then he needs the Elder Wand, because yeah, he's like, well, if this doesn't work, then, like, I need the most powerful wand. Harry's wand also gets broken, though, which just completely throws out any sort of further payoff for that. It's like, here's the one-time event. We set this up with one line in the first book. In the fourth book, here's where the thing happens, and then nothing. Harry's wand breaks because he has to eventually become the master of the Elder Wand. Like, yeah. that's, that's the only the reason his wand breaks. Harry's wand. Harry's wand. Harry. <laughs> Can you say Harry's wand? <laughs> Harry's wand. <laughs> Harry's wand breaks, yeah. But overall, though, that scene is like, I think, it, I didn't label it as my favorite chapter, because it wasn't, but I think it's one of the best scenes in the series, and does a really good job at, like, like thinking like oh like you thought like you thought this shit was like shit to giggles like ha no no like things are getting dark from here on out and then order phoenix arguably like (laughs) one of the the most depressing books in the series comes right after this so like it's it's some deep shit to conclude this podcast i love this question we have one more just like fun question um so what Harry Potter character, introduced at this point or not, would you take to the Yule Ball if you had the choice? God damn. Say Winky and I oh. swear to God. Oh, you know it's Winky. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> Have kinky. you seen her? Oh. Is this Jake's kink? Is this why you're so against the house elf? Is it because no. like you're actually no. like, like repressed the track? Shut up. <laughs> Shut up! Stop making fun of me. It's not weird. We don't kick shame in this office. I just want to have sex with the house elf. No! No! Oh my god, wait. No. That quote is going somewhere, and I don't know where. I'm putting that I'm putting that in the group chat. Anyways. (laughs) Um, Katie. Um, I would take George Weasley. Okay. Because he's hot. He's funny, and he's the one who doesn't die. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to ask. You know, oh, long-term potential. I love George Weasley. Sienna, uh, have you got any? I am yet? contemplating this very carefully. I will take Neville Longbottom. Oh. In, yeah. a, in anticipation of the future. Goal. In anticipation of the future. <laughs> you get it early. You boost his confidence. And confidence. then he's, like, grateful to be with and you. I'm sorry, you. that's so twisted. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> wow. Wow, if you're learning things about people on this podcast tonight. Um, I love Neville Longbottom for more than his actor's um, (laughs) eventual attraction, but because I think he is a wonderful character, and he's a sweetheart, and he just deserves love, so I would love Mm. to give him love. That is all. Um, I would take Hermione because, I mean, one, like, just... She ends up looking super beautiful oh, and like, oh, but also I just feel like we would have very good conversations and like, yeah. 
Sienna went wholesome. The rest of us were like, oh, dude, I'm trying to... Who do I want to bang the most? <laughs> I mean, okay. that's not, like, totally out of the I just equation. It it's just, like, not the equation. primary reason that I'm interested in her. George all I want to say... All I want to okay. say is mine had nothing to do with wanting to fuck Neville Longbottom. That's this a lie. Was, that is a lie. <laughs> this, that was placed on it's me. A desperate defense. <laughs> it was because I love Neville Longbottom. Mm -mm. And I wanted to give him it love. It goes winky, mm. buck beak, <laughs> All right, I'm done. Can we have a On that right note, on that note. Oh, my note. God. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. This is the last thing I saw. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening um, to this ridiculous episode this is of the Harry Potter cast. This might be our Maybe best the best yet. episode. Um, Sienna, can you plug the socials? Because I forget. Uh, cool. So we are the Georgetown Boys on Facebook. What is it? Voice Sports? Halftime at Voice Sports on Twitter. Halftime on Facebook also. And G-Town Voice on Instagram. That's our social media editor. That is your social media editor. Um, does anybody want to plug any socials for their own? No. Themselves? Check out my Pinterest and my LinkedIn. Jesus Christ. At Dobby Fox. At, <laughs> at Winkley Fox. <laughs> dot Hotmail. <laughs> send me DMs. Send me w Winky Rule 34. Oh my God. Thank you. Thank you so much now. for listening. You can and... find him on Pornhub. <laughs> no. Thank you so much for listening. Check out my profile on Pornhub. <laughs> and I hope you guys have a great rest of your days. <laughs>